Hey everyone, it's Henry, Mike, and Chris of the Decentralists, and man, do we have a rather timely hot topic today. Let's just say we're going to talk about the uh, the biggest news event since, oh, the War of 1812. That was the last time the American capital was attacked and taken over. Of course, we're talking about Trump's uh, egging on of the crowds. Mike, there's just so much to talk about, but of course it has so much, it's so entwined with, with social media. Can you get us started off? Well, I mean, you know, Henry, it's, I think you'd have to have been living under a rock for the last, you know, couple of days to not, um, to not know that for the first time since, uh, and I believe you are right, Henry, the Canadians, uh, <laughs> at that point they were Brits, Yeah, you know, stormed, the U.S. Capitol building. It wasn't even completed at the time in 1812, and it was the the last time that it that that the building. So 200 and what eight years since it nine years two hundred nine years ago, this the U.S. Capitol building was stormed by an opposing or an outside force. Yeah, you know. So on the one hand, that is a that is a an a, a, I think a testament to the power of democracy. Absolutely. And the power of, and the peacefulness of democracy, right? I mean, because, you know, let's face it. I mean, we could, you can open the newspaper almost every week. Some countries got some kind of thing going on. I mean, heck, it just happened in Hong Kong like three months ago or something like right. this. You know, where, where people storm the parliament buildings like all the time. It's like they might as well just leave the doors open, <laughs> right? And, and, and yet it has not happened in the United States, right? Until now. Wait, there were some crazies in Lansing, though, that wanted to to abduct the uh, the, the the leaders there. But that's not that that's and that's I mean, hell, that was bad enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this is this is the seat of their democracy. I mean, this is this is the you know, it's not the president that is the seat of the democracy in the United States. It's the Capitol. It's the House of Representatives. Right. It's the Senate. Yeah. These are the folks that govern the country, and they were literally squirreling them away in like underground tunnels and things like this to save them from their own people. <laughs> you know, you kind of have to sit back, right? And I mean, there's been, it's been now, I, you know, I, I, I've been kind of putting out messages over the last little bit about, you know, end of 2020, Christmas, everything, let's look forward to 2021. And then six days, we didn't even make it six days. Yeah. Yeah. You're right? Yeah. Well, okay. Fair enough, Mike and, and, and Chris. Um, we could talk for hours on the political uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, situation here, but remember, we're about social media, we're about mm -hmm. the internet, and that yep. is so deeply involved. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, the question is, you know, there's a couple of things here. So, social media has kind of got a bunch of, it's a, it's, as we know, it's pervasive in society. A lot of people look at it as, uh, as uh, uh, you know, almost at a, a channel for free speech, but it's not because, you know, you, you look at it and, and you've got people that are using social media to organize, right? So there was, they're, they're, they're basically texting each other. They were using social media to celebrate the event. Uh, you know, these guys and the, these, these guys and girls that were riding were, were literally, you know, cameraing live while they were running through it. And and um, and then they even have what Chris you said earlier on that there's a, there's a there's a video out on Twitter where you know Donald Trump Jr. Films himself and a whole bunch of people partying 
yeah. watching TVs in the White House while the while the country burns. It's like Nero. <laughs> yeah, in, including his dad, including his dad. You know, and so the you know the issue is 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 a lot of people out there now saying you know because Donald Trump, let's face it, he has used social media masterfully. Doesn't matter which side you come out on in this in this um, you know kind of debate. Mm-hmm. His he has been the first kind of I would say social uh, leader. You know, lots of other people have used social media, not to this extent. And so you have to sit back and say, is it social media that was responsible or is it Donald Trump that was responsible? Mike, I think social media platforms are responsible for um, inciting violence. How? How does the platform incite violence? Well, the technology, let me be real. The technology itself isn't responsible, but... Um, if, if you put something on a message board, one of those cork and cork message boards that you see at a campus right. saying, uh, come out and let, let's all come out and lynch somebody yep. and we'll make a power party out of it. Right. Right. Here's the address. Here's the phone number. Right. Huh. Um, and whoever is responsible for that message board leaves that notice up. Yep. Right. They're responsible for inciting violence. Ha, that's a very interesting point. And so Twitter and, and all these social platforms, they were they, they were forced to ban Trump and General Flynn and, you know, a whole bunch of QAnon accounts. Right. Right? Because if, if they leave him up and Trump says, hey, we're, we're going to... Uh, to march down Pennsylvania Avenue and lynch all these uh, congressmen and congresswomen, then uh, they're the ones who are on the hook legally, aren't they? But I mean, are they? Because according to according to the Section Two Hundred and Thirty law that still governs social media, they're exempt from that type of thing. Yeah, technically, yes. Right, because they're just they're just dis- they're just transporting the message. Oh, but then again, Mike, um, then again, he was speaking live. We're talking old school. Those are old school laws. If he's speaking live and he's telling people to go down to the Capitol to protest, well, we know what protest means in the the minds of these far white crazies. Well, yeah, but that's an inference, right? You know, I think the the bigger issue here, okay, that that a lot of people, you know, I think we're going to talk this thing through a lot over the next, you know, kind of coming months. Um, but I think the biggest issue here is not actually the platforms being used to organize people or the platforms being used to, um, you know, in, 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 to incite violence. I think actually there's two issues. The first one is, is how many of these people that were at this rally were at the rally because they were radicalized by an algorithm on social media, mm-hmm. Right. You know, they've, I think we've, you know, we've been, we've been following this thing for years, right? And I think it was, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. It was like about six months ago where we were going through and we were looking at different, uh, there was, I think it was, I can't remember if it was The Verge or somebody reported that something like 60 to 80% of the people that are radicalized into something like a terrorist group, right? Like an Al Qaeda or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that type of thing, or the Proud Boys or one like a domestic terrorist group were 
100% radicalized because they were on social media. It if wasn't because the they, they volunteered to join a Proud Boys rally. Right. They basically were just surfing. They clicked the wrong link. The algorithm all of a sudden steered them down a swim lane that made sure that all they ever saw was Proud Boys stuff and radical domestic terrorism stuff. And they started to believe it because it was on its on the news feeds. That if that's the case, the the algorithm and the platform is 50% responsible because the other 50% has to be someone free will get out of their desk and go down, down and, Absolutely. and do something. Oh, without a doubt. So, Mike, I, you know, we, we did speak about Section 230. Mm-hmm. And I think we all need to acknowledge that Section 230 has its limits. Right. Right? For example... You know, you you can't uh, advertise drugs, the selling of drugs like heroin or whatever on social media, right? Right. You can't show illegal pornography on social media, right? Right. And, you know, (laughs) threatening to take down the government and incite violence, I would imagine. Now, I'm no lawyer, right? (laughs) I would imagine that (laughs) Section 230 also, um, you know, is limited in, in, in that respect as well. Right. Right. Um, you know, and for this reason, for this reason, as much as Parler, Twitter's far-right rival, likes to call itself censorship-free, there's a reason that Apple um, is considering banning it from the App Store. That's interesting. And why, have they, why do you think they're going to do it? Oh, that is neat. Well, be- once again, because of inciting violence. Right. Right. It's as uh, Diane Francis said earlier today, right? Liberty um, is, you know, you, you can you can swing your arms, but liberty stops where your, your, your fists meet someone's face. Right. Right. So, okay. So now we're starting to get into some of the other, the one of the other problems. Okay. And, and this is kind of the thing, right? Because if you talk, when you talk about section 230, the social media folks like Zuckerberg and stuff like that. And let's make sure everybody who's listening understands that again, Section 230. Okay, Section 230 is a law in the United States that basically uh, does basically absolves the social media platforms of the responsibility of a, of being a publisher. And this was passed years ago. Years ago. So so the idea is is that. uh, because social media and Zuckerberg and all these guys, the the, the thing that they parrot whenever they're in front of Congress, which they might as well, like I said, take up a freaking permanent suite at the Motel 6, (laughs) is they are, they say, we are defending and providing a platform for free speech. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they say anybody can join, right? And it's free. And it's free. It's free speech. You can join. You can say what you want. But just to Chris's last point, that's not true. Okay? You, you, you know, even the right to free speech, A, just the regular right to free speech, doesn't give me the right to go out and verbally abuse somebody in some racist manner or something yeah. as I walk down the street. Okay? And, and, and it also, but it also doesn't give me the right to um, say whatever I want in this echo chamber that is Facebook. Okay, but even Facebook to their own to their own discredit, shall we say, you know, it's funny. I can't remember who it was, but they somebody pointed it out when they were the last time Zuckerberg was in front of Congress. And one of the things that he said and the thing that we've all got to keep in mind is they have thirty five thousand moderators. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
So every time, if I go in right now and I type a message on Facebook, some inflammatory thing, and I press send, even if there's a delay of like a second, while some algorithm or some human reads my post and then decides whether it gets posted or not, that is by default, A, not free speech, and B, they're publishers. Exactly. Because they are determining what gets out there. Okay, so that was about 2.30. That's about 2.30. So this is the point, right? Like in this thing, as a result of the, right in the immediate, while the guys were still ripping the windows down and posing in Nancy Pelosi's office and stuff like this, Twitter bans Donald Trump's account for a grand total of 12 hours. (laughs) While he's sleeping. Right? Big whoop. And then Facebook uh, puts a 24-hour ban on, which they have subsequently extended kind of indefinitely. Mm-hmm. But at least for, until the inauguration. Good for them for a change. Well, you know, I mean, you kind of ask, is Zuckerberg growing a spine? <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, but I think the bigger issue here is should anybody, like, in effect, this, this idea of free speech, if it is in fact true, and it is, well, I think it's, isn't it the First Amendment? The right to free speech? One of the very first. Whatever. I mean, it is... Literally, a, a, a private, or sorry, a public kind of corporation controlled by some 30 something, um, you know, Silicon Valley sociopath that is the arbiter of free speech. I think there's two things to kind of consider here. Um, first off, no company exists to guarantee anybody free speech. Correct. Right? We, we all have the freedom. To, of assembly as well. But, you know, if, if somebody decides to uh, freely assemble in, let's say, um, I don't know what retail store is still open nowadays. Walmart. Uh, Walmart. Walmart, right? If, if, if protesters decide to freely assemble into a Walmart, right. It's still within Walmart's right to say, get out of here. You're trespassing. Correct. And then, you know, to call police and kick him out, right? right? So, once again, Facebook, Twitter, all these social networks, um, they don't exist to give us free speech. But on the other hand, here's another thought. On the other hand, all these companies um, are, for better or for worse, they're monopolies. Right. Right? They have a monopoly on social networking. Right. Right. And that's what we really have to consider here. Okay. Sure. Facebook doesn't guarantee us free speech, but then again, how can any of us talk to one another without these companies providing their services? Correct. Well, we have to come up with a new platform that's safer and gives us self-sovereign identities. I love that when you, I love that when you put a commercial right in the middle of the show, Henry. But no, but seriously. I know. But, but there is no, there is no public square. When it comes to social media right now, is there? No. You're right. In London, England, there's there's this little pl- place called uh, Speakers. I, I believe it's called Speakers, uh, Speakers Square. Corner. Speakers Corner, right? right? It's a public place where anybody can get up and say whatever they wish. I've seen and it. People actually stand on soapboxes. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Old school. It's been, it's been a treasured place for free yeah. speech for right. hundreds of years. Right. Right? You know, Karl Marx, that's where he first got famous, was Speaker's Corner. There right. is no Speaker's Corner 
for uh, social media. Well, not a speaker's corner that isn't that isn't arbitrated and controlled and gated by the platform. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, to, to truly be a speaker's corner and a free speech, it's basically a, an area where anybody can go, stand up, and say whatever they want, and they're, without the fear of being arrested for it. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, without the fear of, of some kind of judicial reprisal. Well, but, but you think about now, what, you, what we're talking about is, you know, if, if you are in effect, like, look at us, okay, we had, we went out, and we were speaking freely to an audience that were volunteering, right, to listen to us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And we weren't saying anything outrageous. No, nope. we weren't saying anything that 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 would get you know. Hell, we were saying sure a lot less than than got uh, Donald Trump banned. Oh, we were just talking about what we're talking about now, and they ban us, and for no reason, and we're still banned. What did we do? We're still banned, right? Well, we're the little guy. We're inconsequential. Yeah, right. And and so, but but the but the point here is is that. You know, when you look at things like the Constitution and violating consti- a person's constitutional rights, where you get absolution for that is in the judicial system, right? So the theory is supposed to be that when you talk about police forces and, you know, whether it's the Capitol Police or the D.C. Police or the National Guard or whoever it is, they are there to defend the Constitution, okay? Correct. They are supposed to be there to defend these kind of rights like free speech and things like this, okay? It's not Facebook's responsibility, and it should not be Facebook's responsibility, right? So you think about it. If Donald Trump gets banned forever on Facebook, and he gets banned forever on all of these other social media platforms, is that kind of unfairly restricting his right to free speech, I mean, it doesn't technically restrict his right to free speech, but it restricts his access to a platform. And now you see the circle these guys are in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How can you have 230, stand up and say you're a vessel for free speech, so you should have 230 protection? Because that's what 230 does for them, right? They argued that they need, they're this open platform for everything and that they should, everybody should be allowed to have this, Chris, to your point, virtual internet town free speech like kind of speaker's corner and then they turned around and slapped a bunch of boards around it and put one of those you know those rotating things you have to go through with a ticket to get access yep because they own it yep yeah right well if you if you own the pipes here's the problem if you if you own the pipes um ultimately you decide what gets to come through the pipes well but that's the that's the that in the, and to your point henry earlier in the commercial uh is that's the problem, is it's no longer about the pipes. The internet is not Facebook. The internet is not Google. The internet Mm -hmm. is not Snapchat. The internet is basically a bunch of Wi-Fi nodes and just data that's transiting, okay? The fact that that we are now in this position where I cannot, or at least it's very difficult to, I mean, luckily I can because I have the early version of many one on my phone, but... I cannot, or the average human cannot go and download an application and connect to somebody directly and exchange information with them directly without it being routed through some kind of centrally controlled server or service. Exactly. And it used to be where you could do that in the early days. Totally. In the early days, it literally, to to Chris's point, it literally was a pipe. Yep. You know, you plugged your modem into the wall, you dialed a phone number, 
it got that squeal like a fax machine that gave you a connection. And then you were, then your computer was now connected to other people and other people's computers. And then you had to go and search them out and do their thing. Okay. So if that's the case, uh, uh, Mike, should private companies have this kind of power to control the message, especially a political one? Well, you just told us that of course they shouldn't. Uh, and then they have 230 pro uh, protection mm -hmm. and then they decide, well, I'm going to ban this guy. Yep. Well, that means they're editorializing. Of course it is. Well, Henry, wh why don't we just cut out the middlemen, right? Agreed. Well, why Why do I, if, if I'm running a company, why do I have to be the mediator between two parties? Right. It makes no sense. Well, but remember how it did make sense originally. Nobody had the memory and the computing power, so everything had to be centralized on a cloud server. And therefore, they, it's theirs. They own it. It was free to you. They decide to throttle it and control it. But now, we don't have to do things that way. But telephone c companies don't act that way, do they? Right? Exactly. Like, imagine, imagine, if, imagine if Ma Bell... Was was the mediator between every conversation that happened? That's a great analogy. Decided whether the phone number you dialed would actually the call ever went through. Could you imagine? Yeah, <laughs> back in those days. Imagine, imagine if Ma Bell banned every politician out there, or just half of them. Yeah, exactly. Or just the good ones. Exactly. Well, and 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 depending on who's running Ma Bell at the time is who's good or bad. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, you know, like this is, this is, I mean, this is, the, 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 it, but I think this is really important, right? I mean, no company should have this power. The only person that should have the power, especially in this world with ubiquitous bandwidth and connections to the internet, the only person that should have the power to control who you and I as individuals connect to and who we choose to share with and what we choose to share, the only person that you could, should, that should control the transmission of the message from me to you, Henry, is me and you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? That's it. It shouldn't have to go. It doesn't have to go through Google anymore. It doesn't have to go through Facebook anymore. I mean, I'm carrying a bloody computer in my pocket, my iPhone, that has got more computing power than like every single computer on this planet attached together up until like 1983. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's scary. It's it's scary to think, Mike, that that uh, the Apollo Eleven had less computing power than your phone. Oh no! The, uh, are you kidding? It had less computing power than a nineteen seventy eight calculator. Totally. Oh. That's what I was just going to say. My <laughs> TI ninety nine that I used to take to school, and when I was uh, getting horribly bad marks in math. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the case, right? And and yeah. and yet and yet and yet, guys, they went to the freaking moon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget this. They went to the freaking moon safely and back on, on the back of a freaking Texas instruments calculator. Right. Yeah. And now we've all got these massive, massive server based things in our pocket. There is absolutely no excuse, no reason at all for any of us to have to rely on any of these guys anymore. That's a and good you know what I mean? And, and what should be happening is that it should not be up to a platform that controls the pipes and not just controls whether they're on or off, right? But controls like today, Henry, when you turn the H, it's going to be cold. <laughs> and when you turn the C, there's going to be no water at all. Yeah. And when you flick your light switch, water's going to come out of the ceiling. Like th this is not the way the world works, but it is that way in social media. 
So the so we've got this challenge right now where we've got everybody calling for Donald Trump's head, and that's you know whether that's social media or not. But the whole point of it is is that the 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 platforms themselves have been used to amplify a message to people that were let's say vulnerable to those messages. Okay. And those messages have caught us into this pickle that we're in right now. And the only people that can get us out of it at this point right now are the same guys that got us into it. Yeah. Or someone with a new and fresh idea. Okay. So the question is for both of you, we've had a crazy 2020. We've had a bizarre first week of 2021. What do you think is next? For social media, considering everything that's happened right. in 2021, uh, Chris, what do you think? And and Mike, what do you think? What, how is what's happening going to influence and change social media? Chris, to go ahead. Well, I think that uh, politicians and the press have, have woken up and they've discovered that the Zuckerbergs of the world, they're the new robber barons. Right. Right. And so we're going to see lots of antitrust lawsuits. It's going to take years and years to resolve. Yep. Uh, but the end result will be that uh, these companies will be broken up. And more importantly, we're going to see decentralization. Right? And I'm of the opinion that the first companies to, descent, to, to offer decentralized social media tech, they're the ones that are going to to, uh, to, to benefit the most. And that's why I continue to work with many one. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, Chris. I think, um, I think that, you know, we've, we've, they've been talking for a while about the tech lash, right? A backlash against tech, tech companies. And I think what you're going to see is, um, you know, this, this Capitol Hill thing, right? I mean, there's been a lot of crazy stuff that's happened over the last four years. Okay, and a lot of people on both sides have been just outraged, but and and very very divided. But this is this thing. It's it's like this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Maybe so, right? And I think that what you're going to see in 2021 is both sides of uh, of the political spectrum in the United States and probably in other places. But the Americans have the opportunity to lead on this. Okay, both sides are going to go after them. Both sides are going to unite yeah. in 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 a, in a resounding manner saying this cannot be allowed to happen again regardless of of you know the 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 focus of the anger or who's on, who's the one that's carrying the blowhorn and wearing the stupid goat horns on his head or whatever it is. It it regardless of regardless of which side of the spectrum it is. They're going to say, we cannot let this continue to happen. And so to Chris's point, I think the challenge is going to be the regulators are inherently way behind. Um, you know, this is not something that you can just wholesale kind of wipe out overnight, right? Mm -hmm. Like they can't just pull all their business licenses and ban all these guys. It'd be like going back in the Stone Age. Right. Because there's no alternatives, Henry. You know, if all of a sudden they cut all these centralized providers off, like let's say they said, we're going to outlaw centralization. Well, right. Then the industry's gone. Then the right. So that's why what I, th I agree with Chris. What's going to start to happen is people who are on the cutting edge, people who are just fed up with this, people who are um, afraid or angry, are going to be looking for alternatives, 
And what those alternatives are, there's only one, and it is decentralization. Because what each of us needs to have, right, is our own private, controlled by us, channel of communication that cannot be shut off. Okay? Let's remember... If, 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 if everybody goes after Facebook and they go after Twitter and, and the end result of going after Facebook and Twitter is they just go, forget it, we're shutting the doors, then now you're going to take 3 billion people on this planet and you're going to basically wipe out their address book. Mm-hmm. Okay? So what the smart people are going to start to do is they're going to start to say, I need a different solution where that address book is always mine. It's always in my possession. My connections are directly between me and my service provider, me and my doctor, me and my friends. And if the only way that connection is going to be disrupted, right, is if me or my friends break a link and no longer are connected, or the entire internet itself, the whole backbone is goes down. And that is never going to happen, right? No country is going to voluntarily shut its internet down because the countries themselves need it to work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But they can shut down us. They can selectively shut down platforms like TikTok. Has well, been they already have. Totally. So, so you know, the, 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 the future is going back to the past. We call it back to the future. Hey, Michael J. Fox. Yep. Where, where people are going to go back and looking for, you know, kind of a, a solution that is a modern solution in that it's a mobile application that runs on a mobile phone that they carry with them. Cause that's what it is. The world is mobile now. And that application allows them to establish a discrete, independent, private network connection to anybody else or any other provider or their government or whoever that they are in ultimate control of. That's right. That's, that's what, that's, I think what you're going to see is really going to start to take off in 2021. And it's already taking off for us, Henry. I think I, I think I was telling you, we've had, Something crazy like 25 people in the last two days hit us for uh, test versions of many ones. So it's starting to happen already. Well, exactly. Oh, you forgot to mention one little thing, Mike. Mm-hmm. And that is this type of platform is free of surveillance. Absolutely. Well, the only person that's surveilling me on this platform is me. So, right. you know what I mean? Like, and, and, I, and I don't think anybody out here, anybody in the world would have a problem if the only person that was, you know, conducting surveillance on them on, you know, by, by looking through their ring doorbell or the cameras inside the house or things or their smart TV was themselves. Right. You know, I got no problem if I'm egotistical enough that I want to watch myself watching TV through my smart TV. Yep. Fine. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Or if I want to go stand outside and ring my doorbell and watch myself ring my doorbell, that's not a problem. Yep. Right. And when there's no, Surveillance, there's no ads. Totally. Well, I get it. Like, I see, seriously, can you imagine if you basically walked up to somebody's door and they had one of those ring doorbells or, or you had one of those Nest thermostats in your house and you went to change the temperature in your house and it made you watch three ads? <laughs> right? You're standing outside the house and the doorbell's going, and here's Chrysler's new Jeep, blah, blah, blah. blah. And you're like, what? And, and, and it doesn't ring. You have to wait for like, like the YouTube ads. You have to hold your finger on the button for like 30 seconds while three ads go through and then the doorbell rings. Like, I mean, this is ridiculous, right? It's going to exactly. change. It's going to change. And, and, but I, but I, but my thing is, is I think it's going to come from both ends, but the real powerful change is going to come when individual users and, and companies themselves have said, I've had enough, you know, 
I don't want to be on this platform. How do you feel if you're a retailer and you're, you're placing ads on Facebook feeds and they're popping up in Proud Boy websites? Oh, yeah. Right, right. There's, there's the capital burning and right underneath is the roofing guy. You know what I mean? Like, how do you feel if that's you? Or Nike or Amnesty International, God forbid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that, yeah. that all has to change. People are going to be like, uh-uh, done, finished. I've had it. I'm out of here. But they can't just leave cold turkey. They need to have another. They still need to be able to connect because that's the way the world works now. And that's where the decentralization comes in. Individual nodes, a brand new internet, Web 3.0. They've been talking about it for years. 2021 is when it starts to become a reality. Couldn't have said it better myself. Mike, Chris, thank you so much. It looks like there's going to be a very, very interesting year ahead of us. And I'm thrilled that we're going to be part of it. 2021, the year of many one. Thanks, Henry. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.